You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This call is being recorded. <laughs> Ryan, you don't know about ASMR? No. I don't know Never. what it stands for. But it's like people who get... It's not a sexual thing per se, but it's... Oh, it's absolutely sexual. For some that's people. Fine. Yes. So it's people that are very pleased by just like very very specific noises and very uh it's like hair standing up on the back of your neck kind of shit yeah so like they'll wrap being crinkled people yeah bubble wrap being crinkled like uh, the brushes of a hair comb being like stripped oh so like so there there's a whole set of youtube videos out there where people like have these big professional mics and they're just like doing specific audio things into the mic and people just listen to them and get enjoyment out of it. All right. Well, now I have something to, I have something to Google all day tomorrow. (laughs) Just put on a pair of headphones, kick back and it's spring break with a little ASMR, baby. (laughs) Please don't let any of this make the podcast. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. I really need to sneeze. Oh my God. I am Christopher Fett, the adequate host at Christopher Fett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. If I'm slurring or unable to talk, my throat is full of phlegm. I'm not able to think. And uh, this is my hell. This is what I get for going out, being social, and going to museums with a lot of people and just coming down with probably probably the plague not gonna lie it is probably death did you go to a historic museum maybe that's where you got it no it was literally called the underground museum oh and there were a lot of people there it was good very good photography but i i'm i'm sick i'm probably sick from it jeremy reisman that's jeremy reisman the fearless leader at detroit online uh just being the ray of sunshine as always the wing the the wind beneath my wings or whatever i'd This is I'll not be, a good place to be, and I'm trying not to be gross in front of the microphone. I'll be whatever weather phenomenon you need me to be. Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D, fresh and sweaty back from a hockey game. Yep, a hard-fought 3-1 win in the playoffs. My body is feeling it. My back no. is feeling it. But nothing like playoff hockey, right? Nothing like playoff hockey. It's like doing drugs and riding a motorcycle out of a helicopter. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of a transition there from that to the dolphins <laughs> wanting Matthew Stafford, but I really can't think of anything right now. I think it kind of writes itself. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Did the, did the dolphins actually want Matthew Stafford? I, I was really unclear about this. People were doing their old hoity toity yelling. So I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, I mean, there was a whole bunch of mixed reports. The first Miami Herald had it, and then 
Free Press said like they heard about it, but Bob Quinn said it never happened. And then I think M Life threw in there saying, nah, it never happened. So I think the best way to describe what probably happened between Matthew Stafford and and the Dolphins was like maybe at the combine, Joe Philbin or whoever was their coach at the time. I don't even remember. Who was their coach last year? Wasn't Joe Philbin. I'm thinking Gase, four years wasn't ago. It? Adam Gase, yeah. Adam Gase, yeah, yeah. So Adam Gase probably just like turned to Bob Quinn and be like, hey, Matthew Stafford available. Bob Quinn probably said, nope, and that was it. Huh. I mean, Bob Quinn would never lie to us. <laughs> no, but he was, Matthew. if you thought Matthew Stafford was untradeable this offseason, he was even more untradeable last offseason. Like, there was no financial reason to do it at all, and it was never going to happen. And, I, I mean, obviously, you're right. There is, there is motive for Bob Quinn to say, like, no, of course that never happened. Why would I say that about our current franchise quarterback? Why would I confirm that's true? But at the same time, like even the Miami Herald report said, you know, there was there was nothing here. Like it never got to a point where they were even talking about compensation or anything. I I just brought this up because I would like people from moment for a brief fleeting moment to embrace the death drive like I am right now with my cold (laughs) and imagine Ryan Tannehill as your starting quarterback. God, I hope it wasn't going to be a player for player trade like that (laughs) had it ever gone down. I don't like that. That's been one of the things vaccinating about the NFL for a long time is that there are still people out there who say Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. The only position I really know in football is about quarterbacks. And let me tell you, Ryan Tannehill is garbage. <laughs> He's no Brock Osweiler. That's for sure. And he keeps God, assault Miami. rifles in the back of his car or whatever it was. What? I don't remember that story. Yeah. His wife got pulled over. He had like at, <laughs> AR-15s in the back of their car or something. I don't know. Fun. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go over what, what we're talking about I'm on this week's really podcast? Gross. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing a three-round mock draft here coming up. Those are always in vogue. People like those. We're doing those. It's more... We're, this is a way to get Jeremy to do some draft coverage. We're doing draft coverage. We're, we're talking yeah. the draft. We're turning the POD cast into a war room. We're going to argue with each other. Someone's going to yell Brian you Calhoun fight in the back in of the room. You can't fight in here. <laughs> That's all we do is fight. <clears throat> this is a war have, room. You can't fight in here. I have my bat. My bat is in is in my nice. well. It's in the corner of my room. I don't know if I'll go get it up for the segment because this is not a visual medium. I've got. I, uh, can you take the bat and hit it toys. against your hands during that the segment? Is, that's great radio. That, I mean, that's great ASMR. Oh, Wink. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ah, but before well, we get to that, yeah, what are we thank talking you, about? Thank you, Jeremy, for trying <laughs> to keep me on float before I just <laughs> smash my forehead open against my wooden desk right now. Um, let's talk about some. Uh, we got some news, so I forgot like half of it already. All I just have written here in large, big, uppercase words and a shaky handwriting: new rules. Yeah. So the go, Bill NFL. Don't <laughs> listen. I may be I may be five sheets to the wind, but do not mention that man's name. Um, so the NFL has decided in their infinite wisdom to allow pass interference calls to be reviewable. Uh, it reviewable on a coach's challenge, and I think some within the last few minutes of a game. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the the obvious concern I have, Jeremy, is that this is the death of football. 
<laughs> and I say that with no measure of no measure whatsoever of extreme overreaction. Like this is hell. This is absolute hell. And all technology just should be banished from football. I mean, I've gone I'm, Luddite on football now. I'm leaning that direction too. And I'm also well aware that we've all hyperventilated about rules before and it's turned out to not be a big deal. Like the leading with the helmet stuff last year was something that I think a lot of people panicked about. And then we didn't see much of it called during the season. But this to me is a different bag of, you know, can yeah, of worms that we've coaches opened. Be dicks. Yes. And, and the keep here is also, it's not just, you can challenge a pass interference call. You can challenge a non pass interference call. So if they don't call pass interference and you think there's pass interference, you can now challenge it, which obviously was sparked by the NFC championship game. And I just, there's nothing about this rule that I like. I don't like that, you know, such a subjective rule is now going to be subjected to a extremely slow motion replay. And like, you can make anything look like pass interference to me if you get the right angle and if you get the right playback speed. And it's just such a gray area call. And I, I agree that it's a very hard call to make uh, live. And so, theoretically speaking it would make sense like oh if it's so hard to, to to make that call live why don't we subject it to replay maybe that'll improve the calls but to me the black and white pass interference they just don't happen that often they don't have like what we saw in the nfc championship game that doesn't happen very often and to me opening it so that any play can now be challenged for pass interference means a lot more challenges are going to use. I, I, I brought up this point on Twitter and a lot of people are like, well, they still only have two challenges, but I did the research and it's hard to find challenging stats. But in 20, 2017, there was less than 0.5 challenges averaged per game. So 0.5 out of four in a game, two for each team. So there's plenty of room for, for more challenge flags to be thrown in a game. And I think we're going to see it because pass interference is such a big penalty. You know, it can be up to 40 yards. It's almost worth it on every single bomb you throw to just throw the challenge flag to see if there's maybe a little bit of pass interference that you get 40 yards out of it. Why wouldn't you? I, I just hate it. I hate this rule so much. I could go another 20 minutes ranting about it, but I'm going to let someone else talk for a little bit. This is so stupid. This is beyond <sighs> stupid. And I, I, I know this is always comes up because like <clears throat> every time I've argued this with someone else who's like, you know, if I go on the radio in Toledo or something, they're like, well, what if this, what if this kind of thing happened against your, your the Detroit Lions? And I'm like, you know what? I have to stand by principle. I have to suck it up because, like, these kind of, I, because I know Lions fans, flag, Lions fans, excuse me, flagellate themselves all the time. You see where I would have gotten messed up on those three words, right? Like, please just give <laughs> yeah. that to me while I'm yeah. sick. Yep. They flagellate themselves all the time over this idea that. The Lions are the ones persecuted by bad calls. But I think we've said this before, and I know Lions fans is a bitter pill to swallow. You ain't special. You ain't special. This happens to everyone. You just get some egregious ones. And let me tell y'all, nothing was more laughable than watching people get Lions fans, other Lions fans than me, getting mad at certain media, uh, sports media groups calling it, the, uh, talking about the Des Bryant catch instead of the Calvin Johnson catch. Like way to make yourselves look really small, but also to prove that this happens to other teams too. But that's all for my point is that this is stupid. This is as, as Jeremy said, it's beyond subjective. It's open for abuse because co all NFL coaches, including your beloved lions coach 
are assholes and a lot of them are bigger assholes than others, including your current Lions coach. And they will absolutely just abuse this thing because this is not something that is in the power of the referees to to call or not call like that past rule. It's in the hands of the coaches now. And yeah, you could you could, you know, shoot them down and probably that's what's going to happen is that we're going to see this get abused in the preseason a lot and eventually I think coaches will realize that while they can throw that flag, it's probably going to get shot down like 99% of the time yep. by it has to be. It has to be. If you're if you are throwing that if you're a referee and you see someone throw that flag, you've got to sh- shoot them down or else this whole thing goes to hell. Like I know football thinks that it is invincible, but the more you stop play, like already right now, ask anyone who's not a football fan trying to get them into football, the thing they hate the most, and they will tell you every time, 99% of the time, they will tell you they hate the stops in the play. They hate how many times football, the game grinds to a halt and there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. There's not people even lining up. It's reviews and commercials and huddles and all this crap. They hate how much there is not actually football in a football broadcast. And this will just add so much more if it is allowed to be out of control. It will get out of control. It will get out of control and we will be lucky to live through it. I cannot do my Fred Thompson right now. Oh my God, my throat is burning. This is Ryan, insane. Get in there. Yes, yes. I my hot takes over as I am melting down. Ryan, um, yeah, I, I was going to lead this to a question for you, but I have none. Okay. Well, I, I think my big takeaway from this is it, it seems like the wrong fix, and by that I mean I think it would have been just much simpler to kind of adopt the pass interference that they have in college football. Like, why does it need to be a spot foul? Yeah, yeah. See, the spot fouls are insane too. Like, and everyone's like, be, "Oh, but did you just you'd intentionally pi or something?" It's like that's fine then. Whatever, I, I don't care. I'd be much more inclined to make it reviewable if it was a fifteen yard cap on it, and that's a whole other debate. And I almost got into that again on Twitter, but I'm just not, I'm sick of it. it, it it's annoying. But I, I kind of want to go back to a point Chris made um, in that what's probably going to happen is it's only going to be extremely obvious situations in which these are going to be reversed. The, if not, I mean, then we're, then we're going to be in the scenario that I brought up where everyone is just challenging every deep ball because, Hey, you might get 40 yards out of it. But to me, either result is bad because if it's, you know, they're, they're only doing it in the very rare cases, we're still going to get a bunch of challenges. We're still going to see an increase in challenges because like I said, the, the, the reward of getting a correct challenge is so right. or we we get a bunch of overturns, which is even a worse scenario to me. If, if all these challenges are like, oh yeah, you know what? If we slow this down, it does look like he kind of grabbed his arm a little bit. Let's give him those 40 yards. That's a hellscape. That's a, a scenario in which I don't want, in which teams are getting 40-yard touch, or not touchdown, 40-yard flags Penalties. Yeah. One, once or <clears throat> twice a game overturned because, you know, just tiny little hand fighting that would have gone ignored rightfully, I think, also, uh, with regular game speed. Also, if you're the officiating league, if you're the officiating union, like you've got to protest, protest this to hell in my, in my mind, at least, because this is just going to put more of a target on the back of referees yeah. in that, like the fans are going to see these things slowed down, which had all these plays that happen in the course of football where things are on this massively gray scale. They're going to see these things slowed down and they're just going to get mad at the referees if they don't call it one way or another. 
it just paints even more of a target on their back. Yep. Um, like, well, and, and just I, I brought up the the pedigree thing. Cowboys, Lions, mm-hmm. twenty fourteen pass interference picked up. Whatever, whatever. We if if we if that were to be under the new rule, I don't think that gets overturned. I think they pick up the flag. They they talk it over. They pick up the flag to say it's not pass interference. It gets challenged. I've looked Can you at even that challenge thing. it if the flag gets picked up though. Like that's I mean, yeah. well actually, well, yeah, 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 you could cause for because for non call, yeah, yeah. What really happened that game is like they forgot they they announced the penalty when they shouldn't because aside from that it was a pretty normal pickup of the flag. Like they they discussed yeah. it and they said you know it wasn't fail. No, it wasn't a penalty. Then they then the lines would have challenged it. And to me, I watched it like thirty times last week because I'm I'm interested. I don't know if that crosses the line of being you know. Because there's no rule, like there's no specific black and white rule that says this is pass interference, this is not pass interference. You you can't create a rule that's black and white when it's su- such a subjective thing. It's not like stepping out of bounds or having two feet down or anything like that. It's 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 subjective with to say how much contact prevents someone from making a catch because contact's allowed as long as you don't prevent a catch. If you aren't and and what is that line? I don't know. No one knows. And and we're we're gonna start asking ourselves what does that mean, and we're not ever gonna really get a clear answer. All I'm saying is like some broadcasts in football, maybe not in the NFL, and the Super Bowl was very much so a very quick game, but it was also a very boring game. If we're being honest, I know people. This is where the defense bots are gonna come out and talk about it was good defense. It was for a lot of like casual fans, it's boring. And guess what? If you want the NFL to be a number one on top in this country to be like the top sport in the, the top league and the top sport in the United States, you have to cater to the casuals too. That's what a lot of this stuff has been about. And the, uh, eventually these kind of rule changes, this turns off a lot of the casuals. Cause again, of what I talked about, about the idea that these slow these games down football games. I mean, we just saw baseball flagellate itself for 10 years about the idea of pace of play. When I think in that case, baseball had the wrong idea. The problem with baseball isn't pace of play. There's a lot of other problems with baseball that it's not about pace of play. It's not that their games are slow unless you're watching like the Yankees Red Sox game where in that case, yeah, that's slow because those pitchers are idiots and they take two minutes to throw a single pitch. But in the case of football, football is getting slow. Football is absolutely getting slow because of all these breaks I mentioned. Uh Maybe more so, you can already see it in some of the college ranks. And I'm because more college teams are throwing more often, the, the clock is stopping a lot more because completions aren't being made. And like, I, I've seen some four hour games. And what I'm telling you is that if we have to start keep slowing this down, for I mean, I don't think it adds too much time, but it's going to add if, if we have to stop play for someone to keep going back and forth with the instant review booth, it's going to add at least five to 10 minutes once you start adding in like, you know, back and forth and, and probably a commercial break or whatever. And depending on how many are called, like, and that's kind of, that's not good. I'm sorry. It's not Ryan. Um, I guess the only thing to remain then is, is it the Calvin Johnson rule or is it the Des Bryant rule? <laughs> I'm going to be a shit about this. Uh, it's the, whatever you want to call it rule. Cool. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, do we have any other news? We're almost, we got like two minutes left, but uh, um, maybe, maybe quick we, we deserve to, yeah, to give TJ Lang a, a quick send off. Uh, he officially retired. Well, 
Jeez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you said quick. Well, quick, but not dismissive like that. No, that is quick. It's just by. It's not being dismissive. Yeah, he's retiring. TJ Lang is retiring. He's officially announced it. Uh, I think Friday, I believe. Yep. Friday, he announced his retirement, um, as people are wanting to do now on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So he's done. And uh, I guess he will not be going to the free agency market. No, but I mean, I think we can all agree this was probably the, the right move for him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the last couple of years have been rough in terms of concussions, knee injuries, hip injuries, just about every injury under uh, under the, the tree. I don't know. what How's that phrase go? Whatever. Uh, but I, I mean, the moment you saw him down in that Cowboys game when he, he took on a, a huge concussion and just didn't didn't look like he had his laurels about him and. I think that moment was just like, ooh, this this might be the beginning of the end. And, you know, we wish him well. Uh, I, I think he's going to want to stick around in some capacity, not not as a coach. He, he kind of made it clear he doesn't really want to be a coach. He doesn't want to burn the midnight oil like some coaches do. He, he wants to spend time with his family and stuff like that. But the way he talked at the end of last season, it's clear he's not quite done with football. So I would expect him to be around in some sort of capacity, whether it's, you know, teaching youth or being, you know, like the Lions ambassador, like Barry Sanders is. Um, it's clear he also loves the franchise. So um, it's nice to have someone leave the team or, or you know, get cut from the team on, on good terms overall. And uh, I just hope for the best for him because uh, he, he was a great personality, pretty damn good player too. Um, yeah, I guess that that's, that's my verbal send off to him. Ryan? Uh, Luke Wilson signed with the Raiders. Oh yeah, yeah, we forgot about this. Yep, that betrayals Luke Wilson. Um, I don't think he was coming back with the Lions anyway, but he is now a Raider. I was kind of shocked that he signed somewhere bef- before, like, uh, Toy Lolo signed somewhere. I, I just, yeah. I, I think I kind of, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I guess, I guess potential will always garner you a market to some extent, and I guess maybe you know, people see something, people around the league see something more in Luke Wilson, but I mean, you know what you're getting with Toy Lolo and I mean, he's an effective blocker. I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't on a team by by the time camp started. Yeah. Yeah. The Toy Lolo thing's fascinating to me. Cause again, like I think he was the better, this more skilled tight end last year. Do, do we still, still expect him to probably come back with the lions or what? No, I think, I think it was, I want to say Kyle Mike, you put it out there. He's like, I have a better chance of re-signing with the Lions than Toy Lolo. So he clearly knows something. I, I knew that the chances of Luke Wilson returning were, were next to zero based on things that I've heard too. So um, I don't know. Raiders enjoy Nevin Lawson. Enjoy Luke Wilson. Um, good luck with that. Taking odds on where Toy Lolo will end up. Probably the Bills, the Dolphins. I don't know. Let's take a break. Let's do that mock draft. We've been teasing it a little bit. Let's do mock draft. Let's do mock draft. The, the animals are pounding the table. Mock draft. Mock draft. We've all got forks and steak knives in our hands. Mock draft. Mock draft. Arr, 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 arr. We will be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Vacations can be tricky. 
You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Pride of Detroit, mock draft, mock draft, mock draft. Prideofdetroit.com, mock draft, mock draft. Urgh, we must have a mock draft. We must fuel this. We must feed this tree of football with more mock drafts, with more draft talk. Mock all the drafts. Everything must be, it must be fed with the blood of, of mocking. Mocular blood. As this, fever progressive, right <laughs> as this fever progressives, I might just honestly collapse here. If you hear just a, a dull thud, that is my head hitting this, this counter, this, this <laughs> desk. I called it a counter and I don't know why. As I said, mock draft, mock draft, mock draft. We're doing a mock draft. This is an April Fool. This is not an April Fool's joke. We are doing a mock draft. However, as I am near death, I think I will let Jeremy take the wheel on this one a little bit. Jeremy, you've got the software up. Where are we going? Where is yes. this? You, you're, you're mixing the Kool-Aid here. So. Yes. So we are, we are doing the Draft Network's uh, very popular mock draft machine that they mock unleashed. Draft this year um we're just gonna go the first three rounds and the way we'll do it is we're just we're representing the lions um we'll i'll read to you at least in the first round the the first seven picks we're not going to do any trades or anything like that and then i'll throw out some names we'll kind of talk about it and we'll make our three picks any questions fellow gms brian calhoun wait 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 till the third round for that sorry all right um okay so um, if, you, if you guys want to do this sort of stuff at home, it's the draftnetwork.com slash mox-draft-machine. We are using their predictive board. And yeah, you guys ready for me to hit start? Let's do it. All right. Uh, no, but go Too ahead. Late. All right. Picks are being made and the lines are on the clock. Number one, the Arizona Cardinals take Kyler Murray. The San Francisco 49ers take DK Metcalf. Okay. That's an interesting one. Quinton Williams goes to the Jets. Nick Bosa to the Raiders. Josh Allen does not make it to the Lions. Goes five to the Bucks. Jawan Taylor to the Giants. And Rashawn Gary to the edge. So we have three edge guys already off the board. And Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Rashawn Gary, Quinton Williams, another defensive lineman off the board. Everyone else is on offense. So... Let's look at who's available. Ed Oliver is available. He just killed a pro day. His name has kind of been shooting up. Montez Sweat is available. Dwayne Haskins. Wait, his name's Sweat? <laughs> yes, his name is Sweat. Sweat. Um, 
Like that's gotta be that's got like he's gotta have a kid na- eventually named Gravel. <laughs> like just, just someone, just a name that is made for these jarhead coaches. <laughs> There's uh, one Brian Burns said yet. There it Brian is. Burns. Yep, Brian Burns is still available. If we want to go tight end, Hawkinson is obviously still there. So is Fant. Um, corn. No corners are off the board yet. So any cornerback that you you desire is still on the board. Uh, Ryan, why, why don't you lead off this conversation? What are we doing? I I feel like I'm taking your hand, and you're you had the writing utensil in your hand, and I'm forcing you to write Brian Burns' name on the okay. card, and then I will run it to whoever needs to take it to make the pick. I like I, I just I I think if the Lions find themselves in a situation where Burns is there at eight, like it's not worth moving back. I think that he's one of the top like available talents. Like I think I mean. I, I mean, if the Lions have a chance to either get Josh Allen or Brian Burns, like they're in great shape. And I truly think that with teams still maybe possibly wanting to move up and, and grab a quarterback, I think that there's there's a scenario that plays out in which one of those two guys is available for the Lions. And th- I think that just needs to be the pick number one with a bullet. All right. Uh, Jeremy, you said Hawkinson is off the board. No, tight ends are still there. Hawkinson and Hawkinson is still there. Okay. Well, this makes it hard for me because I am all about Ed Oliver. I am about the shiny thing sitting in front of me right now. I also think the, you know, coming out of Houston, that's he's a little underrated. And now everyone's jumping up because I, I love watching draft Twitter do this, where the guys who they've fallen in love with are suddenly getting clout and they're screaming about how they're the ones who found him first. I think I think for most people in college football, people have known Ed Oliver for a while. He's he's yep. great. He's a monster. Um, I think we've talked about this before. When it comes to the Detroit Lions, like they they're going to rely need to rely on a pretty solid nose tackle coming up here to really make this uh, defense work. And I mean, I was all about edge rushers until we got Trey Flowers, and now yep. I am finally, finally, very quietly very leniently able to lean out here and start looking at some other, other ideas. Yeah. Well, Ed Oliver was the case that I was going to make too. And I, I'm not one of these guys that are like, Hey, undersized defensive tackle. And we're thinking about taking a tight end. This is, you know, 2014 all over again. This is Eric Ebron all over again. And we're passing on the next Aaron Donald. Yeah. How did Eric Ebron do in 2018, by the way? Regardless. (laughs) This is, I'm not saying Ed Oliver is, uh, you've made me lose my train of thought. Aaron is not Aaron Donald. Spooked, Ed yeah. Oliver is not Aaron Donald. Let me make that clear. But let me be clear. As Chris mentioned, Edge, not quite as big of a need. I think the line still needs some talent that can pass rush from the interior. And Ed Oliver can pass rush. And I think for whatever reason, Ed Oliver's stock crashed during the 2018 season. And I don't think it should have. I mean, we were talking about play dead for Ed in November, and then suddenly he was a, a mid-round pick. I think part of it is that he didn't run at the Combine. Now that he did his pro day, he saw that if, you, if he, he had run in the Combine, I think he would, have been a top, he would have been talked about as a top five pick throughout the last month or two. And seeing him here available at eight, I think, is, is, is more than enough value. I don't think he's going to make it to eight. So if I'm, yeah. if I'm putting in a vote, I'm taking Ed Oliver personally. I I am not against Ed Oliver. Um, I think 
I think the reason why there were concerns, Jeremy, I think the other thing that you did mention too is, you know, how he clashed with the coaching staff at Houston over his last season. And I mean, that's not really a real red flag to me because I mean, this was a guy who, like you said, after the Lions, after week one against the Jets, I was on Twitter and I was like, play dead for Ed, whatever, let's do it. You know, so I mean, there really is no reason for why this guy and his stock kind of like you know, kind of like bottomed out a little bit. I mean, he was always kind of hanging around like the top 10, 15 range, like especially after the season ended. But this this pro day is kind of, it's kind of worked like uh, the DK Metcalf magic on him, right? Yeah, but, a little bit. Yeah, but I think just Ed Oliver has like better tape than even DK Metcalf has. So sure. um, I've been persuaded. I'm fine with it. Ed Oliver. Okay. Sorry, Alex Reno. We're putting Brian Burns on, on the back burner. Maybe on the back burns are. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. I'm doing my I'm, Alex impression. I'm, I'm, dra- I'm, I'm, dra- I'm drafting at Oliver. It's happening. Turning in the card. Do, 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 do. Right. do, 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 do. Ed Oliver is a lion. All right. Well, this Lions is take a little bit. So um, you guys want to <laughs> talk amongst yourself? Or I can I can read Monta Sweat. It's gone. TJ Hawkinson goes to the Bengals. Noah Fan okay. goes to the let's Let's not have Packers. this. I'm. All right. Uh, talking amongst ourselves. Talking. So, I mean. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of fascinated watching how Rashawn Gary. Um, I know everyone kind of wanted him, but is that a, just a Michigan effect? You think, Ryan? Um, maybe to an extent. I think it, at the same time, um, people are kind of turned off by the idea that he he doesn't really have the positional versatility that I think the league kind of demands. I mean, when he went to Michigan, like one of his it seemed like one of his caveats was that. He wanted to strictly be an edge rusher, but I mean, he has like, he has this body to like play like a three tech um, and, and to be like a really like disruptive three tech at that. But like, I don't know, just to be a question of whether or not he wants to do it, but you know, he's got some injuries too. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why people have, I mean, I get why people have cooled off on Rashawn Gary. All right, Lions back on the clock. Um, unfortunately for Lions fans, I think a lot of people think this is a sweet spot for a cornerback. There's kind of been a run on cornerbacks. Greedy's gone. Byron Murphy is gone. DeAndre Baker is gone. Amani Oruarie is gone. Justin Lane out of Michigan State is gone. Uh, Sean Bunting is still there. Um, the Michigan guy, Long, is, I believe, still there. Let me just make sure. Yep, David Long is still there. Julian Love is still there. Lonnie Johnson is still there if we want to go cornerback. Um, wide receiver is also pretty stacked at the moment in terms of available guys. Marquise Brown is still there. Debo Samuel is still there. Andy Ooh. Isabella is still there. Debo Samuel. There, there is a name that, like, uh, I don't know. You're going to have to talk me into somebody else. But, like, with him on the board, the only other guy that I'd be interested to know is, 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 uh, is Chris Lindstrom's on the board. Let me take a look. That's a good point because the Lions, obviously, interior offensive line is a big need, and I don't believe he's there. Let me double check. Nope. Lindstrom went 41. Two picks. Ah. Lions are at 43. Chris Lindstrom went at 41, unfortunately. Versus. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, maybe – see, this is a this is an interesting spot because I think in the second round now, like – 
if you're not going to get like one of those like tight ends, like if, if font doesn't fall for whatever reason and, and Hawkinson doesn't, and I don't foresee either of those guys making it all the way to the Lions' second pick. No. Um, maybe you just kind of wait, I yeah. think on a tight end. Like I think that the value might not be there in the second round. Um, Irv Smith Jr. is available. I believe he's third. Yeah, on I was grade. looking at I was looking at Irv, but I see like you know I I was looking through the rankings and some other stuff too, and I know, and maybe I'm a soft spot for it, but I I know Elise Mack from Notre Dame is you is pretty damn good, and I think you could probably get him in the third round. So I'm probably turning my attention to corner, okay. maybe safety in the second round. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I kind of blanked at a lot of what was available. So, I mean, I haven't watched a ton of cornerbacks, but I have watched David Long, and I do like David Long's uh, film quite a bit. He's, he's you still very, Julian Love on the board? Julian Love is still on the board as well. Okay. The Draft Network has him uh, as the 52nd overall ranked prospect. David Long is 79. So there's a chance David Long is going to be there, but... um. Okay. In the third, I should say, but I'm I'm also a big Debo Samuel fan, and I have to say I'm kind of leaning in that direction. Um, Blake Cashman, uh, Alex Reno's a big fan of linebackers, still available. Uh, what there was one other position I was going to look at. I just realized I just declared that I would take two guys from Notre Dame. You yeah, absolutely no, I did. That. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Domer. Hell yeah! Screw <laughs> off, the Trojan. What am I doing? I. Uh, Man, Billy, Blake Cashman, I, I think would be, I think Blake Cashman would be a solid pick here too. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit rich at, at this point in the draft, but yeah, it might be a little early. Yeah, I, I think, I don't do, know. Like, do we do we want to do Debo? Debo? I think that's. I feels like that's the closest we have dude, a, to consensus right now. You don't have <laughs> yeah, to talk sure, to me into Debo Samuel. Fantastic, okay. fantastic name. One hundred percent, probably a lock to to make it into like the final four. Now, the interesting thing about this draft so far is it hasn't really addressed the most pressing needs. I mean, interior defensive linemen and wide receiver aren't high on this team's list of needs, but at the same time, like they don't absolutely need a cornerback this year. They they have a guy that's starting in, in the slot and and probably at, at CB2. Yeah, they have uh, a Melvin. Melvin. Yeah, yeah, they have they have a band-aid that they can put on that. Um, the one the one thing that they don't have real a, a real band-aid I would say is right guard, right? Uh, but the board just didn't really fall the way that that we, that we were hoping in terms of interior offensive linemen available now. We're talking Elgin Jenkins, Drew Samia, Ben Powers, Connor McGovern. Right. Real quick, we should probably move on to the third round. We've got a couple right. minutes left. So, right. I mean, we're taking I'm still Debo. with my I'm, you're taking Debo in the second. Debo I'm still with my Elise Mack pick for for the third round. Just let's see I'll, if he's if available. He, like, I mean, Irv Smith would be great too. I just don't think he's going to last to the third round. I do think you do need to pick up a tight end though in the first three in the first two days. Ideally, um, I'm I'm interested in in what the Lions are are planning with Jesse James. I feel like he's going to essentially be. I know I know a lot of people don't yeah, think it. I think he's yeah. essentially going to be tight end one though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think ideally you'd like kind of a young guy as well, too. But I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. There's there's definitely places you could open up. What position would you say? Like, so we've got wide receiver. We we can put aside corner, even though I was looking at a few like what else we can think of? like maybe safety. Um, I don't yeah. even know how you'd even. I mean, I think right now safety class, though, if that's I was kind of rough, if I was on the clock right now, I would be targeting 
an interior offensive lineman, a cornerback, or a tight end. Those would be my top three. Okay. That that seem reasonable for everyone yeah. else in the draft? Yeah, here? that seems for, fine. Okay. Yeah, sure. what, do, um, what do we got at tight end? Oh, David Long went 87 to the Bears. I'm so mad. Lines are That's up in 88. Rough. All right, Andy Isabella is also still on, on the board, which makes me think we made a mistake at getting wide receiver in round two, but whatever. Nope, Debo's the man. Okay, uh, let's look at the cornerbacks available. We have Isaiah Johnson out of Houston. We could double up on Houston, guys. Uh, Joquan Williams out of Vanderbilt. Edoga is in this draft. I'm going to be a USC guy now to make up for the oh last boy. two rounds. What about Rakyasin? Rakyasin went in early, either late first or early second. Oh, okay. Yeah, he went 39 to the to the Bucks. Um, man, that's not. A great setup. This is guys. where it starts to really break down because I think this. I mean, I love doing these things, but I feel like once you get into the third round, the, the field is so open and wild. Like, who the hell knows? Yeah, the, they're and this is this is where bit. this is where I think a lot of the draft nicks start to really uh, their love affairs start to separate themselves from actual scouts. And sure. and and actual war rooms in the NFL yeah. as well. So because like, we also this is when we hear a lot of oh boy I think that was a reach from people. Yep. Yep. Uh, or like day two, who the day hell three. is this guy or something? Right. Like yeah. All right. Like, so, yeah. Day two definitely. Yeah. So Ben Powers is the top interior offensive lineman. Connor McGovern out of Penn State is still there. Nate Davis out of oh, Charlotte. Interior. My bad. You. Were, um. Ben. Ben. Ben Schwaz, Schwal. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. The Wisconsin guy that isn't the other Wisconsin guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Wisconsin guy that isn't the Wisconsin guy. Uh. Those are your interior offensive linemen. Corners. Uh, I already said corners, didn't I? Let's look at yeah, tight ends. Yeah. Tight ends. Well, let's let's pick something quick. We're over time. So all right. Well, what what position are we are we targeting here? We got Brian Kale Calhoun. <laughs> it's the third round. Okay. Uh, so oh, I think man. this guy plays both interior and and exterior, and I think he'd be interesting then as a third round pick. Uh, Elton Jenkins out of let me make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, is it Mississippi or Mississippi State? I don't want to mix that up. Mississippi mm. State. Mississippi State. Yeah. He is gone. I'm He's afraid. gone. He's wow. gone. He went okay. 50 to the to the Vikings, who obviously need some offensive line help. Um, I'm kind of okay. leaning. We we gotta go and we gotta go get it as a starting right guard. I'm sorry, we have to do it. Just Ben Powers seems like he's like a he seems like he's built for like a zone scheme. Yeah, I'm not sure that's what the Lions are trying to do. What what's available at tight end? Tight end was uh, Kale Waring out of San Diego State. Very Ooh, athletic guy. I like that. Uh, like Elise Mack, the Notre Dame guy, is, mm-hmm. is available. Uh, Foster Moreau out of LSU kind of had a disappointing senior week, but uh, also kind of uh, a two-way <laughs> tight end. I'm leaning Ben Schwazel out of, out of Wisconsin, and I'm sorry to everyone who's yelling at me at mispronouncing his name. That's usually my job. <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop it, though. We're way overdue. We should move on to the mailbag. And I, everyone's complaining that I cut these things off, but like, <laughs> I'm trying to keep these podcasts down to a proper size. Do we have a definitive answer for our third? I took Ben Schwal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I, that's fine. Again, I I, I'm, I'm in my own Jesus. hands. Listen, I'm at Jesus take the wheel moment here, or baseball, <laughs> Jesus take the baseball bat, or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know where to go by the third round. I'm just, I'm just here so I don't get fined. All right, so our, our final three picks, Ed Oliver with the eighth overall pick, mm-hmm. Debo Samuel in the second round at 43, 
and Ben Bo Benchwal out of Wisconsin as our interior offensive lineman. I know you got some three. good names here, but Ed Oliver is a sleeper name. Like just just say it a few times on your tongue. Ed Oliver. It's pleasing. <laughs> you did right, your best, so, Jeremy. Yeah, we did it together though. Don't don't put it all on me because we're going to get a bunch of angry comments now. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about your name pronunciations. Oh, you're doing your best. Oh, thank you. All right, let's move on to the mailbag before I completely collapse. My head might actually hit this desk. Mail time. Mail time. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, to get your questions in, I can't really do my <laughs> proper voice. I am completely dying right now. So I'm going to find some questions. I'm going to field them. And then I'm just going to mute my mic so I can just cough and just be just absolutely just disgusting. Um, do we have any comments here before we jump into the mailbag while I am sifting through questions? You should uh, feel better. <laughs> that helps really that. I, I hate you. I, I, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. critical perspective. Asking us a fight for my sports fan soul, Michigan or Michigan state, not from Michigan. So I'm willing to be persuaded either way. Well, as we so happen, we have a Wolverine and a Spartan in the room. I am a neutral arbiter, and Michigan State just won a basketball game. So I feel like I should just put Jeremy and Ryan in here, like putting two fighting fish together in a small bowl and just see what happens. Ryan, would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Um, I'm sorry that your basketball team pick the worst night to miss shots. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to be very cordial about this. Okay. I mean, leg- like legitimately speaking, like Texas tech, I mean, good basketball team. However, I don't think they're better than Michigan. Michigan did a lot of like very uncharacteristic things for a John Beeline team. Like they don't typically turn the ball over. They don't typically look like they're, you know, you know, panicked or, you know, you know, frightened or I don't know. They they were just kind of like, they kind of like worked themselves into like a, a frenzy at some points where they were doing a lot of very uncharacteristic things of John Beeline teams. And then to top that all off, they literally couldn't hit water if they fell out of boat that night. <laughs> True. I'm going to, I'm going to take a different route with this one. If you're trying to debate whether to become a Michigan or Michigan state fan, and I'm assuming you're a football fan, given that you're listening to a Lions podcast, you're seeking out Lions fans' opinion here. My question to you would be, are you looking for a similar experience to the Lions in your college fandom or a different? Because if you're looking, if if you like kind of being the underdog, you, you like being the guys that always complain they're not getting enough attention, but, you know, there's always a hope that they'll eventually reach the peak. Michigan State's probably your team. I think it's fair. I think I'm being fair representing the fan base. They like to complain mm-hmm. that they don't quite get the attention that Michigan gets. And sometimes it is undeserved. They, they, need, they should be getting more attention. But 
they all they also have not really reached the summit ever. Fair. I've seen some Michigan fans taking that tone too that they're not being respected well, but that's more of like that's ridiculous. That that's more of a whoa, we're in the Big Ten and complete and get owned by right. Ohio State every year kind of we're we're being not looked at. Now, if you're sick of the heartache, and and I'm not saying there won't be heartache with in Michigan because there's certainly oh, there's a lot of heartache in the Michigan. past 15 years. <laughs> but if you if you want to to be a fan and not be happy with a nine and three season because expectations are that high. Give Michigan fandom a try. Can we talk about how much you flagellated yourself and even wrote a fan post when Michigan state won one on the blocked punt in the Michigan, Michigan state game. Can we talk about how you've used the word flagellate three times this podcast? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it a lot. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> I'm never going to let you forget that fan post either. I don't, I don't regret it. You feel ashamed. It, I was, I was about to ask no, you, you feel not ashamed. at all. That was the most ridiculous way to lose a football game. I've ever seen outside of the kick six. Uh, as long as you said outside of the kick six there, like that's my one quibble with Michigan state fans. They say that game was like the greatest uh, ending to a football game. No, 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 no. It's still the kick six iron bowl, baby. I would argue that the, the Michigan, Michigan state game was a more, rare ending not necessarily more exciting because everyone wanted to see a critical perspective to critical perspective you're you're the answer is toledo <laughs> the answer go is never toledo go rockets unless right. the question is what city should you move out of oh, i mean keith r asking us who is performing the thanksgiving day halftime show so this is where we have to uh i think almost pat ourselves on the back, but also cry, f- cry blood <laughs> about the uh, news that Toto will not be playing the halftime show. At whoa, Thanksgiving. whoa, whoa. Let's not. The Lions are shooting here. it down. The Lions are shooting nope. saying right now. No. He, Go ahead. Justin Rogers that. asked uh, Rod Wood, you know, have you contacted Toto? And Rod Wood basically says, well, it's not really just up to us. It's up to the NFL. We have some bands that they have approval of and, and one's in the back pocket. And then, you know, it all sounded really bad for Toto. And then Justin finished the question with a follow-up saying, so that's no for Toto. And he said, I didn't say that. That's just Rodwood being coy. Um, I will say that my favorite thing out of this whole episode about Toto is that both free press and M live has responded to, has acknowledged that we were the ones who started this whole nonsense. Yep. And well, I believe Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy. They both called us quote quote unquote good people. Nope, it was the good folks over good at folks, Pride of Detroit. Folks, <laughs> folks is different from people. That's yep. correct. We were called good folks. <laughs> you yes. can leave your hate mail over there. We are good folks. Yeah, but uh, just there's a couple of petitions I saw floating around. If if petitions are your thing. Go search for one. You, you people one. are you people are beautiful for starting those petitions. I hate petitions, but you're beautiful for them. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful people. I'm dying here. You want me to jump in and take some? No, no. I'm just I, I'm looking at this question. I'm not sure how to process it. From the cobbler at New Zealand Lion, would you rather have to eat a complete jar of mayonnaise every day? or sweat mayonnaise for the rest of your life. 
<laughs> oh, brother. I don't. I think I'd rather. Oh, no, no, no. The answer to this is easy. I'd rather eat a jar full of mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Who doesn't like mayonnaise? Me. I, give me the sweat mayonnaise all day. Oh, you I won't have any friends. All Whatever. Your, all your clothes are going to get covered in that. You can't go working. Tank, you can't tank go tops for the rest of my life, baby. More than just tank tops, man. What if it like your crotch is going to get sweaty? You're going to have mayo crotch. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is a this show is PG 13. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> not today. It isn't. I would not be able, like I would throw up every day if I had to eat a jar of mayonnaise every day. Mm, you'd get used to it. No. Japanese mayonnaise. Japanese mayonnaise is really good. Here's the thing. Like, I can for sure 100% say, eh, I'll get used to it. Like, eating mayonnaise every day for, like, the rest of my life. You know what? One thing I could not get used to? Mayo sweat, crotch? Sweat, <laughs> Cleaning all your clothes that is covered in mayonnaise sweat. <laughs> can you imagine, like, it comes out to, like, how would it come out of your armpits? Like, imagine, like, those... Those squirt bottles that have like the really finely points and like the mayonnaise comes out in those little like curly cues. <laughs> Move to Alaska. Don't sweat. Perfect. Beat the system. Yeah, but then you're trying to warm yourself up and you warm yourself up a little too much. And guess what? Suddenly it's a flood of mayo all over again. <laughs> you imagine like mayo from your white. Listen, I, I'm going to turn brow. into... I will gladly turn to the guy from regular, ordinary Swedish mealtime who just takes the giant jar of mayonnaise, takes a spoonful of it, puts it in his mouth and says, it's good for you. Okay. All right. I, I'm slowly, slowly moving over to sweating mayonnaise. <laughs> okay. Aaron Bullock. If you were in a diet for several months and got a cheat day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert, what is your fantasy menu? Ooh. Ooh. I'll just say this right off the board. For, I just want to make sure, you guys, it's not going to look like the Rock's cheat meal. That's for sure. All right. I'm ready to take on this one. Breakfast, okay. we're going stuffed <laughs> French toast with strawberries on top, with obviously some bacon thrown in there as well. Lunch, we're going lobster bisque soup. Keep it light because we're going to have a big, big old dinner that's 100% surf and turf. Give me a nice big steak, medium rare. Give me some lobster. Yeah, we're, we're doubling up on lobster. Deal with it. And then dessert. Cheesecake bites mm. from Del Taco. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're going surf I've got and turf mine. to Del Taco. Deal I've with got, it. I've got mine lined up. All right. Breakfast. I want a grande sausage breakfast burrito from Jack in the Box. That's my cheat there. Huh? For lunch, I'm probably going to get probably the biggest okonomiyaki you can put together. Because that stuff is really good. No idea what that is, but it sounds delicious. It's yeah, look, look it up. Okonomiyaki It's a Japanese kind of like pancake of not not quite a pancake. It's 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 yeah it's 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 a pancake it's a pancake uh it's just covered with just so many good things though and a lot of mayo um and then for dinner i'm probably this is the hard this is the hard one because i could go so many different ways 
probably getting myself some good fried chicken though like a really big i mean that sounds this sounds boring hot chicken yeah yeah why not some hot chicken why not for the cheat meal also ruin my intestines yeah why not why not and then for dessert um probably a big old baked alaska the actual dessert not the uh not the neo-nazi from youtube okay all right you know what? You guys both had really good answers. I'm going to run through mine real quick. Breakfast, I'm going to eat a bowl of cereal. What cereal? Okay. Come on. You got you to gotta be more specific than that. Enviro Kids Panda Puffs. Just <laughs> like, I'm just on a kick right now, guys. Leave it alone. And the other thing I do with it, too, when I'm feeling real saucy, is I'll uh, do a spoonful of peanut butter while I eat it. And it kind of works like a magnet. So what you're saying right now is you're already living your best life right now for breakfast. Yeah, for sure. So then <laughs> I move on to the lunch and the lunch is going to be something nice and simple. And I like the soup idea, Jeremy, but I think chicken lemon rice soup Ooh, okay. is is really underrated. So mm-hmm. I like I like me some chicken lemon rice soup. And then for dinner, I'm going to go chicken and waffles. Okay, okay. And my dessert is a bowl of Enviro Kids Panda Puff cereal. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Bookend your day with... Are you, are you sponsored by them? <laughs> I want to sweat Panda Puffs. <laughs> Instead of mayo, sweat Panda Puffs? Okay. That, that would be painful, I think. <laughs> but, but good. But good. Big old pores. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try not to just completely kill myself here as I try to answer these last few questions because there's quite a few. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Duke at Luke Mac 11. What is the better food, Italian or Mexican? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're about to get in a fight. Sicilian, Sicilian DNA activated. <laughs> Hold on a second. Like, which country in Mexico are you talking about? Yeah, are we talking like Oaxaca? Or are we talking Sonora? <laughs> One of or? the three Mexican countries. Oh, 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 the According. joke. Oh, oh, right, right. The Fox News thing. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That's a reference, though. It just took me a minute. I'm, I'm playing in a handicap here. I like, it's gotta I be like, Italian. Uh, no, no. Okay, let, let's hear your stump for Mexican first, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Tacos. Tacos are fine, but that is a very small thing. Um, it is very plain. And you know what? We have something kind of like a taco in, in Italy. It is called a piadini. It is delicious. Um, I'm probably saying it wrong. And listen, I just... There's, there's different cuisine between North and South. I mean, there's different Mexican cuisine as well all across the board. But... But... If you're just looking for something to just really comfort you there, to just really get you warm, there's there's so many different ways to go between anything that might be like on the cheese side, like cacio e pepe, which can be simple, or a Roman style pizza. Like, and I think for Americans, a lot of our thinking of Italian cuisine is absolutely uh, kind of tinted because most of what we see as Italian cuisine is Italian American, which is fine. Don't get me wrong, it's fine. But it also means that a lot of traditional Italian cuisine, we are actually fairly foreign to. Well, I mean, that's the same with every foreign, like the Chinese food, Mexican food, anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how many people are eating tlayudas when they go out for for Mexican or not? 
I did. They're eating crunch wraps. Not to hate on crunch wraps. They're delicious. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I, I mean, but that's that's the thing too. Like, you you can't go wrong with the Italian American either, though. Like a big bowl, a big plate of bolognese. You mm. big Olive Garden fan over there? No, shut up. <laughs> ragu, ragu, and your spaghetti. What's your what's your? Oh, great, Ryan. Break the break the break the t- stalemate here. Okay, I'm gonna break the stalemate. Ready? It's Italian. Oh, gonna, come on! Yes, I'm gonna tell you why though. <clears throat> While there are a lot of Mexican dishes that are fun to pronounce, <laughs> there is an Italian dish that's called gnocchi. Gnocchi. <laughs> That is a really deep cut. That is an incredibly deep cut. I, I don't I don't know how we are going to beat that. That is an incredible like I'm I'm reeling. Uh, you you cut me to the bone. All right. Well, and 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 to the bone I found I found some gnocchi. I'm about to cut you to the bone. Can we do a non-food question? I'm getting too mad right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, here's the oh. hopeful asking us what, yeah. what Ryan, what I just, I just want to say, I'm not going to pick sides. All food is good food. I agree. Here's the hopeful asking us as I am losing my voice, who has the better record this year, the lions or the Browns? Also, who has the better season Mayfield or Stafford? Oh, oh this, this Lord, is tough. What are you doing? <laughs> This you is the toughest thing to answer questions we don't want to answer. <laughs> Look inside your heart. Uh, Search your soul. You know this to be true. I'll say right now, I think the Browns are going to go eight and eight and win the division. So, well, yeah. It's I a mean, really maybe. bad division. Maybe. I mean, th- I think the only team that can really challenge them would be Baltimore. Um, Oh man! So then, now I'm asking myself: are, Can the Lions do better than eight and eight? And my my gut instinct is no. No, I think the I think the Browns have the better record. It's going to be yeah. a tough crack, but I I honestly I, I I can't imagine seeing them do better than nine and seven. I really can't. <clears throat> Just out of is reflex. that even acceptable? If the if even nine and seven is that even acceptable for the Lions at this point? Nine and I, seven. I would say yes, but it, it, there's still going to be angry fans, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I'm saying acceptable in the sense that it's not going to get Matt Patricia fired. But yeah. I'm, I'm with all of you. I think the Browns are going to have a better record next year. I, I think they're going to win the division. I think they could. I think they could be as good as 11 and five. Which I feel like that clip is going to be cut out and, and shown to me in December and slapped across my face. But listen. I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. I'm sorry. Everyone loves him stunting on coaches and being an asshole to everybody. I'm not a fan of it. I'm an old person that's waving my fist at him like he's in a cloud. Matthew Stafford's going to have a much better season than, than Baker Mayfield, who's going to come crashing down to earth in his second year. Oh, you Stafford slappy. I'm going with big dick swinging Baker Mayfield. All righty then. <laughs> I'm still thumping for Lamar Jackson. Go Ravens. Yeah, that's a good one. At Nick Tom Foolery, is it weird for me to sort of want Detroit to be on hard knocks? No, 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 no not at all. <laughs> we all agreed on something. I, I mean, I kind of want them to be on it too. Like I, 
I know Bob Quinn is worried about competitive advantage and maybe there's some truth to it, but selfishly, I want to get to know some of these players off the field because I, I mean, I see them there and I see them in the locker room, but they act differently in, in front of the media than they do in, in person. And it's a very cool in per, uh, personal way to, to kind of get to know these guys and, and see things that we don't see, you know, even media who are there in the locker rooms interesting stuff that we can see. Can you really call yourself a competent coach? If you let a television show derail your season, I'm sorry. Like that's, that's my argument against everyone says like every time they're like, Oh, it's a distraction in the locker room. Oh, it'll give away our secrets. Like you're not a competent coach. If you're letting a measly little television show ruin your, your season. I, I am hard and strong on this. Like give us the entertainment. As Jeremy says, I want to see the guys. I want to get to know the lions. Like stop telling us that you, your, your top secret NSA secrets are going to be out there. I'd rather than be on all or nothing. That'd be dope too. Mm. Never going to happen, but no. Yeah. I think, I think that would be less likely than hard knocks just because it seems like hard knocks just gets to force their way into what they want. Yep. Um, I have some, I have a lot of other questions here, but honestly, I'm about to die. So, all right. So like one more. <laughs> yeah. Let me, if, if someone else or is anyone else looking at the questions right now, do you want to take one so I can hack up all this phlegm in my throat? Uh, I'm looking up recipes for chicken, lemon, rice soup. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. How about this one from, from Mike G? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, he asked, do you actually see Josh Allen still available at number eight? And I think this is an interesting question because um, a lot of the guys that we mentioned in, in our mock draft simulator, um, Allen fell to five in, in, in the one that we did. But, you know, guys like Ed Oliver, guys like Montez Sweat that, that, weren't, that were there when the Lions were picking, those are guys that are kind of picking up a lot of steam. Devin White is a guy we, did, we didn't even talk about, Devin White or Devin Bush. Both of them were available in this scenario, but I think a lot of people think they might be gone. So I think it's certainly a possibility that Josh Allen is there at eight. I don't think it happens, but I think the line should be prepared. I think they should absolutely do their homework on a guy like Josh Allen in case he does drop there. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, another name too, Brian Burns. And then uh, I think, I think the other thing too is like, we're not even taking into account whether or not, you know, there, there'll be some movement at the top of the draft. If there's, if there's anybody who wants to, you know, move up and grab a quarterback or, you Dwayne. know what? Yeah, yeah. Dwayne Haskins. Um, or even, you know, what if somebody just gets enamored with DK Metcalf? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he went second in ours. He went yeah. second to the Niners, yeah. which is crazy. Right. Which is, yeah. Totally but yeah, bizarre. I mean, people fall in love with, with skill position players all the time. So I, I don't think that's completely out of question. And I think DK Metcalf is probably the most likely guy that someone falls in love in love with. But um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a possibility, not a like a likely possibility, but I'd put it at a, like 20% if I had to throw a percentage out there. Yeah. I would say possible, not probable. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm leaking. <laughs> End the podcast. Is it mayonnaise? Right Is it mayonnaise? Okay. All right. No. I guess we can keep going. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. 
he gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I Am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.